Hello, welcome to Medical Receptionist Network Podcast. I am your host, Siobhan Atkins. Thank you for joining us. Today we are recording episode number 17. So thank you for being here. Hope you are enjoying your summer so far. Today is actually the 4th of July. This month is National Cleft and Cranial Facial Awareness and Prevention Month. Uh, We'll have a little information about that in our newsletter. So if you're not subscribed, make sure you go ahead and visit the medicalreceptionistnetwork.com website and get yourself on the list. We usually uh, send out a newsletter monthly and we appreciate uh, your support in that. So today I was wondering, what can we discuss, right? What can we talk about that affects medical receptionists on a regular basis? And one topic that I was thinking had to do with privacy, but more so, you know, what do you do when you see and hear things that weren't meant for you? You know, that's regarding someone that you may know personally or have people in common with. And this tends to happen, you know, most people tend to work in their own communities. So when you work in healthcare, whether it's in a hospital, a doctor's office, dental, vision, you know, you're, you, you're bound to run into people that you know or knew from the past or, you know, have one degree of separation with in some form or fashion. And sometimes things are done unintentionally, things are shared. And, you know, with healthcare, everyone is bound to certain levels of privacy because that is very important. There are laws, there are rules, there are just general etiquette that should be followed when it comes to someone else's privacy. And I feel, you know, you should really treat anyone else's information as as you would treat your own. And hopefully that would be to protect it, right? And sometimes what happens in medical offices is, you know, if you're scheduling an appointment, most likely if a patient is checking out, you have either a chart in front of you, you have the chart opened up, you can see enough to know generally what this appointment may have been about, right? That's part of the job. You need to know why or what you're scheduling for the next time. And sometimes that does include a diagnosis or, or just knowing what type of testing that your client is returning for. So in knowing that about someone, you know, you can maybe go to lunch with someone and say, hey, you know what, I saw so-and-so at the office. And right there, you're, you're saying too much, you know, because you have to safeguard the people who are coming into your office. We don't know what situations they're in. We don't know, you know, who is aware of whatever conditions they're experiencing. And that's why HIPAA and privacy and, and violations are taken so seriously because they can have uh, great implications on the individual's life, maybe their reputation, maybe their employment, um, their personal relationships and things like that. Even something as simple as an appointment type you know, say, oh, you know, Jim from high school called and I, and I scheduled him an appointment with X, Y, and Z. Maybe you say the doctor's name. Maybe you say what the appointment was for. But guess what? Some physicians are in a specialty. They don't treat everything. So that now you narrow down what they could be coming in for, which is nobody else's business. You're maybe specifically saying what type of appointment they made, also no one else's business. And right there, you're opening the door to create a HIPAA violation, whether it's intentional, unintentional, in good faith, 
you know, even if it was someone that you, you know, very closely and they're, they're your friend and maybe you generally in your circle will have conversations about things that are personal to you. But if someone comes to your office and they have an appointment and you go out and you guys all have lunch together a week later and you say, oh, it was nice seeing you at the office the other day. Again, you're opening up a space to violate their privacy only because what if you work at somewhere that only does a very specific thing, you know? So now everyone at the table knows why this person came to your office. And that may not have been something that they plan to discuss. And I'm just kind of giving our like real world kind of general examples. And I do have some actual cases that have taken place where, where offices were fined and, you know, had violations that were unintentional. But I'm speaking in more of our kind of everyday life. And, you know, these things happen. So as for me, in my history, I did work in places where I would see people that I know pretty you know, often. So in seeing them again or knowing people in common, it, what, what did I do? Nothing. You know, you say nothing. You say hi, like you're seeing them for the first time and you don't bring up, you know, their appointment. You don't ask them, hey, how are you feeling? You know, because your job and your responsibility to your practice, to your patients is to, you know, provide them that level of privacy so that they can trust visiting your office and seeing these providers and, and getting the care that they need because some of the stigma with going to doctors and you know going to have your issues or your pain or your infections you know evaluated is I don't want anyone to know this is going on with me and if they if their privacy is violated why would they want to ever um, you know return to a doctor in their community you know because they, they don't feel safe and you have to feel safe so that you can heal and get any treatment, medications, uh, referrals and things like that. Even if it's mental health, you know, something like that. If you work at, at a behavioral health place or somewhere that um, does counseling of any type, sharing that information with someone else is, is a violation because you don't know what um, that person is going through. You don't know what brought them there and the other people um, around you, you know, may not know that about them either. Um, and you don't want anyone to be in a, in a situation where they have to try to clean up what you're saying or to avoid it or to lie, you know, have to lie to their other friends or um, associates. So you just want to be very careful with what you're sharing and generally it really shouldn't be anything at all. You know, we've all seen where that can go wrong. If you have ever looked up any cases or witness just someone doing something and you instantly know that that's a violation or they shouldn't be saying that or they shouldn't have shared that with the next person you know coming in you know it's bad enough you may be sitting in the waiting room with some with your neighbor you know and they and you both know what what type of practice you're in and what you could be there for it's not always oh i'm here for my physical there may be many other things going on you know with people and assumptions to be made so you just want to make sure at least you're doing your part and protecting their privacy whether it's with the items that you have on your desk, if you have their registration forms, if you have their health history that they just filled out for the doctor and that you're keeping all of those things uh, protected for your patients. And even when the patient is not a stranger, you kind of should treat them that way and don't allow them to, to feel discomfort in being 
in your practice and oh my goodness you know they leave and it's like oh man I saw Cheryl she she's always telling us everyone's business you know and you just don't want to be that person and you you want to not lose your job and you also don't want your your employer to be fined because of you being gossipy or you know being careless with information that you received while you were at work you know if someone outside of work that they see you and they and they bring something up that's fine they can discuss it you don't have to say anything back you don't have to i mean of course you're going to respond to them but you don't have to speak specifically on their diagnosis or anything that you may have seen if they choose to share with you they're sharing that with you but you don't have to add any information that they that they didn't personally share with you and you know just always be careful be mindful put yourself in that person's shoes so that you know we would hopefully have better outcomes and and you know you want people to feel comfortable coming to the doctor and seeing any you know medical providers you know sometimes you would think of something maybe say you work in an office that does acupuncture or you know some other kind of a therapy that someone doesn't consider you know general medicine right but even in in that maybe i don't want everyone to know that i'm receiving acupuncture to help with my stress or because i i'm a, a smoker or because i am battling a you know a back pain and maybe i have a job that's very labor intensive and if they knew that i was experiencing this pain they may want to put me on leave because it's they don't want to be sued because I, you know this job is breaking my back literally so you know you just have to be very mindful and that's why the laws are in place the way they are because things that some people probably thought at one point would not be harmful to another individual it can be so you just always want to be mindful of that and i'm going to just read a small excerpt from the medical receptionist handbook to success talking is an easy way to violate the privacy of a patient never assume people don't know who you are talking about if you are in a hallway or out in public going over stories from work think twice if you say too much you may reveal an identity to a third party without your knowledge Imagine a friend telling you they overheard your current status at the local coffee shop or they had an appointment at the office you both go to and the nurse and receptionist were talking about you in the hallway. You would be furious. And that's just one way, you know, that things happen. So uh, I went on to the HIPAAjournal.com and found there's an article called Accidental HIPAA violation and how should you respond to an accidental HIPAA violation. But they provided a couple examples of unintentional HIPAA violations. So I'm going to read a couple of those so that you can see how things happen. What I gave you was kind of just a general what I've seen for my own self, what we can easily experience, especially working in your local community. And here are some other examples. So in May 2017, Olivia O'Leary, a 24-year-old medical technician, claims to have been dismissed from her job at the Onslow Memorial Hospital in Jacksonville. After commenting on a Facebook post, her warning that the victim of an auto accident should have worn a seatbelt was not seen by her employer as a reminder to not always wear a seatbelt, O'Leary alleges, but rather as a HIPAA violation. Now that can go either way, but I guess because that person is connected to their office, now it becomes a HIPAA violation because you are bound by the office's rules and you know regulations. Here's another story here. The Dallas, Texas-based dental practice Elite Dental Associates responded to a post by a patient on the Yelp Review website. The patient who posted on the site had identified herself as a patient of the practice. 
But when the practice responded, information was included in a post that revealed her health condition, treatment plan, insurance and cost information. In October 2019, the practice was fined $10,000 for the HIPAA violation. And that is another thing to consider, you know, when you think about reviews, because over the last 10 plus years, reviews have been a huge part of how people find out about your practice, how people determine which provider they may visit with your practice, and also where they share their highlights and lowlights that have to do with your your group. And mostly, I would say from providers or managers who are responding to reviews, you have to be very careful. I don't know what would have possessed them to include that much information in a response. However, you have to think before you take any steps towards that because you, you want to protect your group. And now, you know, not only did that one person see that, many people probably reviewed it and also the office was fined $10,000. Okay, next story. If an intern requires access to systems containing protected health information and a colleague allows their own credentials to be used, the intern can get the information they need to complete their work task. However, the sharing of login credentials is not permitted by HIPAA as it makes it impossible to track information system activity accurately. The sharing of login credentials contributed to a $202,400 financial penalty for the city of New Haven in Connecticut. So sharing of password and credentials comes up quite a bit. And the reason is sometimes people are hired to do a job that requires some information from the system, right? Not enough to where someone would have in the past, especially thought that this person needed to have their own login. It's like, oh, you need to download this uh, report? Sure, here's my login, you know, and that it didn't even seem like something to be concerned about. But now all of you know, especially in 2021, how huge of a deal that is. You're literally giving someone access to your entire practice, basically, who doesn't have the authority to do so. They could do anything and you wouldn't be able to track it. And now it may even come up under your name or your colleague's name. And unless you were not in the office or, you know, away or had like a great alibi, you, it looks like, you know, now you've done this, this thing that was uh, a violation, you know, just maybe by something they opened or something that they reviewed, something they downloaded, something they could have printed and taken home with them, something they could have shared with another group about your, your practice or something specific to a patient with someone that they may know in common. So you have to be very careful with having logins or credentials being used for people who are, whether it's an intern or someone who has a job that doesn't need full access. And a lot of the systems that we use now, they provide different levels of access. So perhaps someone just needs to act to see patient demographics, but they don't need to see the chart or the medical record aspect of things. They just need to see the address or they just need to see the phone number and things like that. So there are different levels of access and you know it, it's better off you take the time to create a login for all the people who are working with your group as opposed to just sharing or having any shared credentials. Okay, so here's another. The HIPAA right of access provisions of the HIPAA privacy rule gives patients the right to obtain a copy of their health information. This is an exception to this right concerning psychotherapy notes, which should not be provided. 
Riverside Psychiatric Medical Group received such a request from a patient and did not provide a copy of the requested records. Not providing a psychotherapy note doesn't violate HIPAA, but failing to respond to the request and notify the patient why the records are not being provided does. In such cases, records can be provided minus the psychotherapy notes. In November 2020, the OCR fined this group $25,000. And that's another issue in knowing the rules of medical records. If you have ever had the responsibility of releasing medical records, you probably have a list of the time frame, you know, when you have to respond to a patient, you know how soon they should those records should be in the mail and that's that's extremely important if someone sends a request and you just ignore it that can cost you twenty five thousand dollars so knowing the importance of your task especially if you're someone who deals with medical records whether it's in a medical or psychiatric type of situation you, you should know all the rules behind requests and how long you have to honor those requests because that is extremely important and can cost the group a lot of money if not handled accordingly. Okay, next one. In a further example of an unintentional HIPAA violation listed on the OCR's website, staff were required to undergo HIPAA training when one member of the staff discussed HIV testing protocols with a patient in a waiting room, disclosing the patient's PHI to other patients in the waiting room. After the OCR investigation, computer monitors were also repositioned to prevent the accidental disclosure of PHI. So there you have, you know, a staff member thinking that they're just going over the protocol to testing, but you're actually disclosing this person's information to anyone else that's in the waiting room. And that's something that can happen often. And sometimes patients will ask you tons of questions right at the desk. And when you feel that it's going into something where it's you have to directly address their diagnosis, their reason for being there, then sometimes it's okay to pull people aside. I've done it in the past. Let's, let's go over here and, and talk about this. And you have to be aware when that's happening because while they might be not intentionally requesting their information to be shared, you as the front desk person, medical receptionist, uh, you know, medical secretary, whatever your position is, you're at the front desk, you know that there are other people around that shouldn't be listening to this or experiencing this conversation with you, and you have to take control of that just to protect your practice and to protect the patient's privacy. So I think those are all interesting examples of what can happen. These are real cases. People have to pay real fines. People do get fired. People do lose licenses and things like that because of HIPAA violations. So you just always want to be extremely careful with how you share information, treat it as if it was yourself or your, you know, one of your family members and just keep it quiet. And it's not always necessary to run and share something that you experience. When you're at work, you're at work. When you're living your personal life, you're living your personal life, but your work requires you to protect the patient's and their privacy, their health information, and we would hope that anywhere you go as a patient, they're doing the same for you. So that was pretty much our topic for today. I appreciate you all for listening. Please check out medicalreceptionistnetwork.com. This month we do have our course and book on a uh, promotional sale for a few more weeks, and uh, that's medicalreceptionistnetwork.com. You can also find the link to pro trainings where you can get discounted um, CPR courses and other even 
HIPAA courses on their website. They have great classes that you can do right online. And um, the videos are awesome. They're very informative. You'll feel very, um, like you took a, a good class, you know, like you learned something. <laughs> so I do recommend them. And if you need a good planner, there's a link on our website also, and will be also in the podcast notes. If you want a good planner for the rest of this year and into next year, go ahead and check out the LOA planners. And if you have any questions for me, feel free to email us at info at medicalreceptionistnetwork.com. Subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to our newsletter, and we'll see you back soon for another episode of the Medical Receptionist Network podcast. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.